welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I am Blair, one of your hosts. Hi, Molly. Your other host. That's right. And today, we figured we would bring in some holiday cheer to you and yours. Yes. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Just ring it in. Let's just ring it in. Listen, today, we're going to talk about how to make memories with our kids keeping traditions alive that we had as kids, and how to express and teach our kids about the reason for the season, which is Mm. gratitude in whatever you celebrate in this holiday season, right? Yes. And I think the tough part too is remembering that You know, some parents that might be listening right now might be in their 20s. For some people, those memories are fresh. For some, they're kind of a while ago. (laughs) Also, some people don't have great memories from when they were a kid. Uh So this is an opportunity to churn some things around and to maybe start your own traditions or create your own memories because that's what it's about, right? Heck yeah. So yeah, so Blair and I were talking about this and talking about our most favorite (laughs) memories from the holidays. You know, they very often have to do with family. Sometimes they have to do with friends Mm -hmm. and getting together with friends. Sometimes they're by ourselves. Like, one thing I actually like to do is, like, have a peppermint hot cocoa and put my feet up. Ooh. And, like, listen to Christmas music. You know I love Michael Buble. I'm not going to mince words. Come on, Michael. I mean, (laughs) the guy nails Christmas. He nails it. Oh, yes. So there are ways to make the holidays your own, Mm -hmm. make your own memories and traditions, especially if you don't have any from or many that you remember or whatever from your childhood. Maybe your childhood wasn't that great. So now is the time to turn it around for your kids. I'm excited. Me too. So when it comes to making memories with our kids, with our families, I found this really great article, which I think was written in 2012, but it was one of the first things that popped up. So that means it's like important, and people are still reading it. It was written by Meret. You see how I put my little French accent on You did a French accent, and I want to say kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you, boo. So often we, like, are not great with uh -uh. these names, and you really were like, you know what? I'm committing 100%. 100. This is from Meret Crop, who is a child development and family specialist and a mother of three. So this woman knows what she's doing. Yep. This article is loaded with some really great tips and guides on how to create memories, keep memories going, and the reasons for them and why they are sometimes necessary. She starts off by saying that children need to learn that giving and receiving are reciprocal actions. It's not just take, take, take. Yeah, that's... Tough for my five and two year old to understand. Yeah. Well, you know, like we say in so many of these episodes right now, we're laying the groundwork. They're learning how to learn, right? They're learning how to learn. Yeah. Indeed. So it may not strike a chord with them now that they recognize, but we are building, you know, weaving the fabric of their lives. Whoops. That might have been an ad for cotton. <laughs> I feel like I just the fabric of our lives. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's I was it. like, that's that sounded it. real familiar. <laughs> but we are. We're kind of laying down the groundwork for how they're going to. I mean, we're doing stuff now that they don't even know they value until later in life, where they'll miss it totally. Yeah, you know, it's tough because we live in such a you know capitalist, consumerist society, right? I mean, I got to tell you, as soon as like the kids check the mail with me. And I had like mm-hmm. four or five 
catalogs. I didn't ask for them, but they were in my mailbox. I know. And as soon as I pulled them out, the kids got a look at them and just started going through it. And it was like, I want this. I want that. And I'm like, wait, 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 what, what, what? No, no, no. That's not how this works, you know? Yeah. So... Marette says in her article that along those lines of making gratitude the reason for the season, and if you struggle with your kids being little greedy, needy peedies, here's some things to consider to do. Okay. So along those lines of making gratitude the reason for the season, and if you struggle with kids that are kind of greedy, needy peedies, I found a great article on Huffington Post teaching kids an attitude of gratitude. And they suggest, they had a few really great suggestions, actually. Be intentional in gift giving, right? So explain the gift that you're giving them and your intention behind it, right? Oh, that's good. So it's not just a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. Not just a bunch of stuff. Which I have to tell you that I have to be careful about that. I'm glad that you said that because... We do this thing where my five-year-old, when we go to the store, particularly Marshall's, because you know I love Marshall's. Oof. Also, it's literally seven minutes from my house. It's not my fault. That's danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. So when we go there, they have like a pretty fun toy section. And I'm trying not to be the parent who gets my kids something every time we go to a store. Yeah. You know, because I know that's also a trap you can fall in. But every once in a while, for sure. But I try to make it a treat. I try to make it special. Uh-huh. So we've started. I may have discussed this on the pod before. We take pictures of him yes. holding the toy he wants mm-hmm. and that's like his wish list it actually works really well which is mm-hmm. nice because he then he almost always puts it back every once in a while there's a lingering <laughs> he holds it as if his hands are glued to it <laughs> mama please please can we get it and then he's also like on to me because he'll be like because he knows that the red tag on it at marshall's means it's on clearance and he'll be like but mama it's on clearance <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you are getting good. Damn you, red tags. Damn you. Yeah, I know. So that really does help. But then I found myself, I went back to there, you know, just a few days after he and I had been there. So I had the pictures on my phone of him holding the stuff. And I got him a couple of things that during that visit, he wanted really bad. But kids live in the moment, right? So in sure that moment, do. it meant the most to him. So I bought a couple of those things. I brought them back and they're hidden from him now. But thinking back on it, I think that I may have misinterpreted his enthusiasm in that moment right. for something that's going to truly be significant. Not that I don't think you can just... I also believe you can get kids gifts sometimes just because they're fun and you think they're going to like them. Like if your kid likes OMG stuff, get him an OMG. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But I think you have a good point about intentionality. Like I know he loves Legos and he loves Star Wars. So inevitably, the moment of happiness when he opens a Lego Star Wars thing doesn't end there. He'll play with it. He'll build it. It'll become part of his literal, at this point, arsenal of Star Wars things. (laughs) But I think that that, you know, means more to him. And I love the idea of in that moment saying, truly reinforcing that. I got this for you because I know you love Star Wars and I can't wait to see you build Legos. You're getting really, you know, good at that and looking at the pictures and applying it or whatever. That's a great thing. I do need to apply that more. They also say along those lines is like manage gift expectations. So if you have those pictures, you can kind of sort of go back to them, show him, mm-hmm. and then have him rank 
Like, all right, of these five pictures, yeah. which one would you really love to get? You know what I mean? Right. Not meaning that you're going to get them, not meaning that Santa or whomever comes to your house to bring them, that doesn't mean that you're going to get them. But if of these five pictures that you took, which one would, would you really love to get, right? Oh, that's interesting. Then, so he's revisiting it. And then you're also like managing the expectation of the gifts. Yeah. Also, they suggest to limit gift giving throughout the year, which is something I need to do. Oh, that's interesting. Now, why do you think that applies to you? What do you do? Well, it's like sometimes I do the whole thing. Like if I'm in a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx or what have you, a Target. Oh, Target, you always get me and my children. That dollar section when you first walk in. Oh, come on. Something's coming home with us. So, you know, then it kind of gets into their psyche of like, oh, this is what I do. This is how I live in the world. I get stuff, right? I get stuff. Exactly. But if you limit that during the year, then they have something to look forward to. Yeah. And then you, you know, you pump up the holidays, you pump up what they got coming. Mm hmm. And therefore, having that to look forward to gives them the integrity. Yeah, to care about what they're getting. To care about what they're getting. To give it some value. Yeah, for sure. And then there's like one of the obvious ones is volunteer. You know, Mm. take your kid to a soup kitchen. Take your kid to the local nursing home and read Christmas stories or sing carols or Hanukkah songs. You know, listen, you know how much old people love that. Oh, yeah. I do too. I can think I'm an old person. I do too, for sure. But yeah, or going to a a shelter for animals even and bringing like holiday treats to the animals, that kind of stuff. You know, just showing them that gratitude and being of service and giving of your time and your effort, your skills, your creativity is something that fills more than just opening up something and playing with it for the day and then forgetting about it the next. Right. You know, I love that idea too. I read something similar about, you know, like coat drives and and canned food drives to a certain point. But I love the idea of really involving your child. It's important. And also it says, be an example throughout the year. You know, be an example to your kids of what giving is and what it means and doing acts of service to others. Yes. So that they get it. You know, I will tell you this. Busy Toddler, shout out. She had on her Instagram this thing called the Grateful Turkey. Can you describe it to our listeners? Yeah. So the Grateful Turkey is basically I just made like a cutout of a turkey on cardboard. And then we took out of construction paper, just cut out like feathers. Feather that just looks like a big almond, basically. But we just cut those out. And then I say every day. It wasn't every day. It was like every other day, every four days. We write on the feather something that we're grateful for during the month of November. Cute. And I got to tell you, at first, <laughs> when we first do it, was like, I'm grateful for the moon. And my two-year-old's like, purple. I'm grateful for purple. I was like, okay, yeah, that's not. But I got to be honest with you. I'm on your kid's side on that one. Those are both solid choices. All right. Well, I definitely, purple's a great color and the moon is so amazing. It's so amazing. And I am grateful for the moon. So we did it. We put it up there. And I got to tell you, after a few days of doing it, they got the hang of it. I got to tell you, there's some pretty precious things up there. I mean, we have... Sleep. Oh, wait, that's mine. (laughs) Mommy and daddy. So sweet. And the word no. Oh, that was my two year old. Grateful for the word no. That is a shock from a two year old. (laughs) And then my son, my five year old, he put 
God up there. Granted, he goes to a Catholic school, so oh, a lot of God talk. So, but he says he's <laughs> grateful for God, which I thought was really sweet. Well, you know, the thing I love about that, Blair, about expressing thankfulness and the, the reminder of thankfulness and that the holidays aren't just about getting presents. They're actually about giving them and also spending time together is that a lot of people, we spoke to a few people about their favorite holiday traditions and it was really fun and interesting and heartwarming to hear what people remembered from their own mm. childhoods. Mm-hmm. And when we come back from break, we are going to hear all about those memories and how they can be an inspiration to all of us to start creating memories this year as well. We'll be right back. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And, you know, talking about before the break, just kind of making sure that we're an example to our kids the whole year and teaching them the importance of the holidays as not just a giving and, you know, a taking of gifts (laughs) and a getting of gifts situation, but also the importance, the reason for the season, family time, one-on-one time, thankfulness, celebrating the year. And frankly, it's going to be this year. Oh my gosh, we get to celebrate. We made it through another year of this dang pandemic, you know, and we're doing it. So we reached out to a few friends and asked them about their favorite memories from their own childhood that really had nothing to do with presents or that kind of thing. And actually, one of my best friends, Karen, said that hers does involve presents, but it's kind of not what you'd think. She said, ever since I can remember, we spent Christmas Eve with my grandmother. After we had dinner and opened our gifts, she would put on a Santa hat and start ringing a bell. How cute is this? (sighs) (laughs) She would hand out these silly joke gifts from Santa. They always had a story with them, and they were always hilarious. She kept up the tradition well into her 90s. She passed away two years ago, and now my mother has taken over. Oh, I know. She says, it's such a fun tradition and a great way to remember my grandmother. It always has everyone laughing so hard they're crying, both from the memories of Christmas Eve's past and from the current joke gifts. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, what was so great about receiving these because Molly was like, put out an SOS to your friends. And I was like, done and done. And what was so nice and what we both said was that getting these and reading through these memories were just really 
touching. Yes. And that's what memories do. And that's why they're so essential because they connect us to, you know, that purity and that joy in life, you know, which kind of fades once you become an adult. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like the Polar Express, how the parents couldn't hear the bell ringing at the end, right? You want to know something? Yes. I've never seen the Polar Express. And that's our show, everybody. Good night. This is our final episode. (laughs) Because Blair and I are no longer speaking. I know. I'm the worst. I've never seen it and I didn't read it. I know. I got to get on it. And I just gave you a huge spoiler. I apologize. That's all right. It's a good moment, though. I don't think it'll wreck it for you. The book's great. Blair, start with the book. Okay. Some people said the movie was creepy when it came out, but I kind of have gotten used to it. All right. Listen, I'm willing to give it a try. Yeah, just give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. Maybe that'll become part of your Christmas traditions. So what kind of things have you been able to bring anything, Blair, from your own childhood into your current life? Like my friend Karen's grandmother started it and now her mom does it? Yeah, actually. So just to tie it all in, in this article by Merette about things that we could do to, to help keep traditions alive or make memories yeah. is that the meaningful interactions with family members make children feel Loved, right? And parents' presence and full attention may mean more to a child than any gift or experience. It's all about scaling it back and slowing it down, Mm. which is so true. And I have a perfect story for that. So when I was young, when I was a kid, my mom was like, okay, let's make a tradition. Let's do something for Christmas Eve dinner. So she gave me this cookbook. She's like, thumb through this. I didn't know what I was reading. I just picked the picture of a Christmas tree and two plates. And I was like, this is it, mom. And she was like, oh, a Christmas bisque. And I was like, yes, girl, let's do it. So for like the next probably 15 years, we had Christmas bisque every Christmas Eve. Is that like lobster bisque? Yeah, it's like a she crab soup, if you will. Oh, okay, yes. Mm, It's nice. It's real nice. It sounds really nice. So skip to 15 years. Now I am married and we are in Georgia visiting my parents. And, you know, life's kind of slowed down for my mom, my dad. And it's Christmas Eve. The bisque hasn't been made. And my mom is about to leave the house at 7 p.m. to go to Christmas shopping. And we're like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. We got to slow down here. All this is not going to happen, mom. So what we ended up doing was we were in a clutch for time, and the only thing that was open was Mellow Mushroom Pizza. Shout out to Mellow Mushroom Pizza. You ever had Mellow Mushroom? Yes, I have. Mm, 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 mm. So we ordered Mellow Mushroom Pizza for Christmas Eve dinner that night, and it was so clutch that ever since then, we now have pizza for Christmas Eve. Yes. And last year, with my nephew and my kids, we now make pizzas. On Christmas Eve. I love it. There it is. That was our lesson. I mean, the bisque got the boot, but it turned into just a really like nice tradition. And it's like something that we do as a family and everybody gets to, you know, your own personal pizza or Uh, we share it. It's really, it's quite lovely. And it's like time that we've slowed down, scaled back, right? And now we have that as a memory and it's really fun. And the thing that your mom instilled in you was the importance of a tradition. For sure. Even though that tradition has changed a little bit, it still is dinner together Yes, on Christmas Eve and something that you might want to do every year to make that be something that your kids look forward to, for you to look forward to. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it sounds awesome. I love it. 
And listen, you know, my friend Barbara wrote and wrote back to me and said something. This is interesting because you don't know what little gems, so to speak, are being put into your kids' brains from these things and how it might affect their lives. Now, my friend Barb is amazing. Her nickname Serge. And <laughs> <laughs> love it. And Serge is, I think Blair, I've told you about her. She's half of a duo called Kingston and Grey Star. And they do like 80s covers. I think I've showed you her picture. She's the best. I need to meet her. Barb, Serge, come. I need to meet you. And so she talks about a, one of her favorite holiday memories from the 80s, which she thinks may have affected what she does for a living now. There we go. These are not just memories that we're creating. We are possibly giving our kids the tools to become who they are uh-huh. and what becomes important to them. So she says one of her favorite holiday memories is from the early 80s, and it may have been the inspiration, she said inspo because she's much hipper than me, that launched a performance career for me. She's at her Aunt Diane's house on Long Island. Long Island. And there's about 30 people gathered. Someone, this is amazing to me in and of itself, the following statement. Someone had brought pink spray for everyone's hair just for fun. So everyone (laughs) had blotchy pink hair, even my grandmother. Yeah. Amazing. Her family is clearly amazing. She says, imagine my dad with his tight t-shirt and jeans with a glittery scarf flung around his neck like a movie star with my little cousin's glittery twirling baton as a microphone. (laughs) My mom and her two sisters are flanked on either side of him as his backup singers, giving a very dramatic, but not serious, performance of Dion's I Wonder Why and The Wanderer. This was fairly normal for my family gatherings because my family loves to dance and sing, but there was something about this particular one that stands out in my memories because everyone was having so much fun and my dad and mom were such great performers without even realizing it or caring that they were. They were just having fun. That's it. It's the surrender to the fun and the joy. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid of looking a little bit silly, stepping out of your comfort zone because we're all emboldened, maybe by a little mulled cider. Hey, 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 ring a ding ding. <laughs> maybe by just the joy. I mean, there's quite a joy when there's, you know, your house is lit by, you know, low lighting or you have your whole family there. You have special foods that you only have on this holiday. Yeah. You get to see your cousins. Mm-hmm. Did you have cousins? I did. I do. Yes. For me, that was it. Like seeing my whole family. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, Blair, which is like realizing that you're part of something bigger and that's your family. And maybe your family only has a couple, three people in it. You can create that feeling of importance, even with just your immediate family, or maybe you invite your neighbors over. Mm-hmm. Cause guess what? Those people who are important to you are also family. Some family we choose, you know? So like creating that community, it's really a sense of community. And maybe that even ties into what you were saying about bring your kid caroling and spreading joy to people who maybe didn't have a visitor this year. Yeah. Maybe that Christmas caroling is the first person who's knocked on their door since Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. And those carolers come together at the end and have cider and have flushed cheeks and have this experience together. It can be so many things to your kid. It can be a feeling of being a part of something bigger, whether that be their extended family, their community, and just the big hug of love that we put around them during the holidays. I'm just in it for the flushed cheeks. There's two things that make any person <laughs> look good. One is amber lighting. Give me that amber lighting. Any day. And a natural flushed cheek. (laughs) I mean, we all look good. You know what I mean? We look real good. Yes. I have a friend of a friend. His name is Jamie. He's a great, awesome guy. And one of his holiday traditions 
Get ready. He grew up in a really conservative Christian household. And so Christmas morning, he and his siblings woke up to his mom having baked a birthday cake for Jesus and singing happy birthday to him. That is really sweet. Every single year. Every year she bakes a birthday cake. HBD, JC. You know, I like that she was reminding them that's her reason for the season. That's her reason for the season. Absolutely. And she made it festive for her kids. That's amazing. I love that. Presents and birthday cake. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets birthday cake on Christmas. You've got to be kidding me. Win-win. Well, you know, a friend of mine has the blessing and the curse of having been born on Christmas Day. Oh, puff. Yeah, it made you grumbly, right? So her family has gotten used to having a separate celebration, making sure they acknowledge her birthday on the same day, a really arguably very big holiday for some families, which is Christmas. So she was visiting some family once, and on Christmas Day, they were flying back to the East Coast, and their host gave her a bag of dried mushrooms because she had complimented they had a really great mushroom soup earlier in the visit. (laughs) So her host gave her a bag of dried mushrooms and said, oh, this is so when you get home, you can make the soup, and gave her the recipe, which is really sweet. So they go to the airport, and you know, my friend's feeling kind of sad. It's hard to be somewhere else where Christmas is the big thing, and it's her day of birth, right? And it's hard to, you know, compete with that. They get to the airport, and now you probably know where this is going. TSA don't believe her that it's a bag of mushrooms for soup. Ah, Oh, duh. Of yes. Course. So it's her birthday, it's Christmas Day, and she says, A crowded airport in the deep Midwest, a bag of dried-out shrooms. It was something to convince TSA that I was only planning on making traditional mushroom soup. Really? Smell them, I said. No, really? Or just taste one. <laughs> You'll see. She says, she talked her way out of that one. I still don't know how. It was a Christmas miracle. They get to the gate, and unbeknownst to her, her husband had upgraded their tickets as a birthday present to her to first car. Lass. Come on, hubby. Come on, hubby. Nice job, buddy. (laughs) So they sit in first class. She's like, I don't know how he did it, but on my birthday, we flew first class to the East Coast and drank every drop of champagne on board. And the flight attendant made a huge deal out of it being her birthday. So it ended up being one of her favorite memories. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And she got that delicious mushroom soup later, which is good. That's amazing. We'll be right back. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Solid Purgatory, where we're talking all things holiday memories and traditions. And just to tail back onto that list from the Washington Post, one of the other things that Meret suggests for... You know, I'd just like to take a quick moment to say merci to Meret. But one of the other things that she mentions in making and creating holiday memories and traditions is that routine provides structure and a sense of comfort. So repetition in the order of events, the menu, the decorations, stories that are told and music played will help children establish memories associated with the holidays, right? Mm -hmm. And that more than gifts, it's what will make this time of year feel special and treasured. And, and this reminded me of my friend Dana, who's probably one of the most precious humans to ever walk earth. Molly, you know, Dana. I do. I can confirm that she's one of the loveliest spirits I've maybe ever met. She's pretty special. And she said to me that, One of her fondest memories was just simply laying underneath the Christmas tree and having like the lights beam on her face and looking at all the different ornaments from a different angle. And she says she'd do that all the time. I'm just like, yes. What a great image that is. Yes, 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 Dana. I mean, just so precious. And it's also like the simplicity of it as well. Yes. And then my good friend Kristen, before her dad got really sick and unfortunately passed away, she said that they would go to their neighbor's house on Christmas Eve and the adults would be in one room jinking and and then the kids, she and her brother actually would be in another room like, you know, snacking, watching, you know, Home Alone. Sure. And she said that she could vividly remember that her dad would call them over to listen to the radio. Yep. That's what we used to do back in the day, folks. This is called a radio. (laughs) You're not in charge of the music. (laughs) You're not. But he would call them over to the radio when the Santa tracker would come on and they would say, yes. And they lived in Cape May and they lived on a sand dune. So as soon as her dad like called them in, they would go running across the sand dune to see if they could find Santa in the sky. (gasps) Come on. Well, that's the best. (laughs) Yeah, right? And she is like, she is Miss Christmas. Like, she does the things for Christmas. So when I sent her, you know, the call for Christmas memories, she gave me a lot. And this is like right up her alley because this is like something so close to our heart. Isn't that so great? Yeah. Well, you know what I love about that, too? You know, some people who are listening, and myself included, may think, geez, you know, it's kind of a hard time, even though we're in many ways, back to quote-unquote normal, whatever that means. It is still a pandemic. So a lot of people are maybe not going to be able to see those extended family, maybe not be able to do those cherished holiday memories. And even though we're all sick of Zoom, (laughs) and we're all sick of video calls, you know, that kind of thing, I think it's the time of year where we can kind of go back to that. So, Blair, you have a good point about just creating those memories. I assume your friend is an adult. Yeah. And here she is telling these great stories, right, about her childhood. Well, my friend Emily, I love that one of her favorite memories of the holidays simply was lighting the menorah with her extended family. Mm -hmm. And then last year, she lit the menorah over Zoom. 
with extended family. I love that she adjusted the tradition and made concessions to be able to do the thing that was so important to her. And I, I think we can still kind of do that, whether that be a group Zoom call, which are so weird and awkward sometimes. But they're also like, that might be one of the things that your kids remember. Yeah. This time that we're living in is challenging in so many ways, but maybe do something dumb, like have everybody wear you know how ugly Christmas sweaters are very hip? <laughs> Have everyone wear uh, the same silly sweater or the same hat. Everyone go out and buy a cheap Santa hat or reindeer ears or anything you like. Decorate behind you. Maybe everybody has their menorah in the screen so that you're sharing that with each other. You know, that kind of thing. Because I think during this time, it is hard. Also, we don't live close to extended family a lot anymore. Earlier in life, we're moving farther away, whether it be people moving more to the cities or whatnot. So, like, let's do what we can to uphold some of these traditions. If you can't get to your family's house or they can't come to you or your family hasn't started doing that yet, that's okay. Think about the things you can do. Well, I got to tell you, I got this one friend. His name is John. He's hysterical. I was like, give me a funny memory, like a tradition. Like, give me something. He's like... Well, I used to wake up every morning, Christmas Day, mm-hmm. until New Year's, and I closed my eyes and wished that Santa had come back and dropped off some more presents. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he never did. He never did. Clo- <laughs> oh, rude. He's like, he's like, I closed my eyes right till I got up to the Christmas tree. And he's like, never. Nothing. Never there. Doesn't he know that Santa is on a limited schedule one night a year? Nope. Then he goes to Cabo and rests for a couple weeks because <laughs> that night is rough. <laughs> it's a rough night. There's a lot to do that night. Not in John's mind. Listen, John had some good Christmases. He wanted Santa to come back every single night. And he held out hope <laughs> until New Year's. <laughs> and I bet they took the tree down. And that's the only reason why he stopped doing it. Otherwise, he would have done it every day. Just in case Santa's like, oh, look at this stash of presents I forgot to drop off for John. <laughs> hope he's got that tree up still. Oh, man, my bad. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't. Never mind. I guess I'll open them and use them myself. Oh, man. Well, I think that's the thing is that like these memories, these silly things. Oh, my gosh. My friend Karen, who I mentioned earlier, also said this. We met John's story reminds me of this, that one day she has three boys and one day they all woke up at 3 a.m. Oh, on Christmas morning. And no matter what they did, they could not get them to go back to bed. So at 3.30, she let them all get up. They had opened all their gifts, had a big Christmas breakfast, and everybody was napping at 6.30 a.m. Like, they just shifted everything three to five hours earlier than they normally would have liked to do it. We'll do it. Yeah. So that's the thing is that some of these traditions, I don't know, I hope that didn't become a tradition. To the best of my knowledge, it did not, the 3.30 a.m. wake up. But I guess my point is, like, sometimes you got to be a little bit flexible because we're dealing with kids. Absolutely. Of all different ages. But also know that in your flexibility, in your slowing down, in your dialing it back during the holiday season, which is quite long. Uh huh. I feel like it started before Thanksgiving. I feel like it starts the day after Halloween, pretty much, you know? I agree. But it is a gift unto itself because it does call for us to, you know, do the slowdown, calm down. And really, if you're blessed enough, like we are here in toddler purgatory to be with these little wondrous, joyful, you know, miracle human beings. It's brought such life for me back into my holidays where it's not about the consumerism. It's not about the stress. It's not about, you know, getting the pizza dough for the pizzas. It's really about 
spending the time with each other, making the time for each other, and just getting in those holiday giggles and smiles, and knowing just that they are really just having a great time. Oh, a great time. And maybe it is, you know, for me, it was heavenly hash when I was a kid. Having a special treat after dinner with your Christmas pajamas on or your holiday pajamas on, your Hanukkah pajamas, and sitting in front of the TV and watching Elf, if you're so inclined, that might be a little, I mean, it's so good. I don't know if we let our son watch that too early, but it's so funny that we couldn't help ourselves. Like, it's such a funny movie. Eh, Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's not. (laughs) But find the thing that you feel comfortable with. And it's about just snuggling up. Leave those dishes on the table. You can deal with them later. Totally. Because it's those moments where you're looking in their eye or you're sharing the movie with them or you're playing the board game. We have a Santa Claus board game, which is so good. You know, whatever that thing is for you is going to be so, so special to them. And you're helping them to learn how to make traditions, just like Blair. Right? With your pizza? Listen, whether or not you have traditions already in place that you got going, or you're trying to make some memories, take heed of these suggestions that we've made. You know, volunteering and being intentional with your gift giving and having a routine for decorations and and sharing stories and meaningful interactions with your families. Do all of these things to get you into the holiday spirit and provide these memories for your kids that will be lasting and get them going on the feel-good train, on the feel-good Polar Express, if you will. Hey, toot-toot, chugga-chugga. Because these kids are going to maybe have kids of their own someday. Maybe. So this is something that they could then take into their future, you know? And that's what it's all about, just making sure our kids remember us forever. (laughs) (laughs) Stamp it hard on that memory. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome, son. You're welcome, daughter. Although, and I was going to say that, you know, it really isn't about the gifts because don't feel like you have to, people post pictures. We talk about this constantly on the pod. I know you guys, but these Instagram people post these insane trees. They're covered. They're so beautiful and they have piles of gifts underneath. I think you're right, Blair. We can all scale it back, slow it down. Scale it back. I remember really like one gift from my childhood, maybe two. You know, it's because it's something I... It's not not the the things. We don't remember the things. There's a lot of things that I know that I got that I don't remember. But I can tell you almost every story about every ornament in my parents' box. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the Raggedy Ann ceramic ornament that says Molly on it that my Aunt Lynn got for me when I was two years old. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. That's the important stuff. It is. It really is. It's not about piles of stuff. It's about sharing time. It's about giving and receiving the biggest gift of all, which is your time. Absolutely. And then what are you, Oprah? I love it. I'm about to go into a big, ugly Oprah cry. You better stop it. And then doing it just once a year, but with immense gratitude may trickle into your entire year. Right? So let's get it going. Hey, listeners. You all have a fabulous, wonderful, beautiful, bright holiday full of memories, old and new. I'll tell you what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for you that we have had a chance through this podcast from What Fresh L Media. We were already buds and now we have a really special thing, which is really important to me. So thank you for being my partner and my friend. Hey, same. And I love our listeners. Love y'all. 
Yeah, thank you for being here. If you would, as your gift to us, you know, tell your friends, right? Am I right? Whether they are parents or caregivers or grandparents or whatnot, they might have a good time hearing these tips and laughing along with us once a week here on Toddler Purgatory. If you get a second, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review. Always helps us to bring more listeners here to the Toddler Purgatory table. And happy holidays, everybody. Sending you much love. So much. Take it easy. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.